True Crime Girls contains content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Honestly, what the frick? What is going on with these stories? With these times? With the world? All of it. What's happening? What are you doing in here? I'm my glasses. <laughs> Why are you taking your pants off? It's hot. Oh. Right in here. Come in front of me. I'm just so confused at what's happening. <gasps> Alright, let's get this shit done. Let's do it. That's the intro. <laughs> <laughs> we always reach a point where it's just like we're gonna lose it let's do we it lost it that's the one we've been there it is. talking for three hours now and i'm i'm a little over it just kidding well Bitch, i'm a too bad over you too um, fucking bad it's I been know. the best part of your day hi everyone so far but the day's still young for us Kyle still have to make them Publix before eight. No, I'm not going to. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to be that person that goes in like an hour before they close and is like, I'm just going to take my time. Like, an no. hour is sufficient time. Coming in, like, I know, twenty minutes. They just they just deal with so much right now. Like, yeah, that's I true. Just, I just feel so bad for them. Like, I went, like they, you know, like I just returned my cart and they were like so happy. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like I walked it I would in be too. Yeah. And she went, oh, my God, thank you. And I was like, you poor sweet dear. You're welcome. Well, because they're wiping down. They have to wipe everything. All the cards one by one and Mm -hmm. then handing it to you. Ew. Mick Jagger has a great grandchild that is older than his youngest child. Yes, that makes sense. He's like 90. How old's his youngest child? Like 10. Ew. No, I don't know. I'm kidding. <laughs> I really oh, like don't know. ten months. Well, I wouldn't doubt it. That's gross. so. Who knows? That's weird. That's weird. I don't like it. I don't approve. Get it, Mick Jagger. Um. So we're he's got, still self He's got moves like Jagger. Or um, self. What is self? Social distancing. Social distancing. Self isolating. Um. Which honestly, Alleged. I will continue to do after this is all over. I, I never, I like that. I was social distancing before social distancing was cool. Like, <laughs> I'm totally okay not going anywhere. Actually, like, I'm hoping it. that by the time that this episode comes out, we're not social distancing as bad. Like, we're I hope I'm back to like True. just me social distancing. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But everybody has to... Eileen and her survey. (laughs) I have my clipboard ready. (laughs) 
<laughs> just gonna write your asses up if you fucking leave your house um <laughs> yeah if everybody does it then we'll be we we'll, yep. should be good hopefully hopefully yeah but. So I hope everybody's staying safe and like not losing their fucking minds. Seriously. Like we are. Like we clearly but, have. But again, things we've been doing before all of this. Yeah. True. <laughs> Nothing has truly changed. Mm-mm. <laughs> okay, okay. So what are we doing today? Today we're doing a what, what the, the fuck? fuck episode which is very like topical this. i feel like we should have this topic like more often <clears throat> well the, i feel like the florida man kind of was like that yeah but i liked it because it was like i don't know like i feel like every now and then we just need like a no just a balls to the wall the next one will be balls to the wall <laughs> There you go. The next random episode will be balls to the fucking wall. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Especially now, like, I feel like, not that we're running out of topics, but like, it's getting slimmer. You know? We're gonna have to start repeating, I feel like, at a certain point. We have to just get a little bit more creative or do topicless episodes and then just do like technically this is kind of like topicless yeah potential spam is calling me get away (gasps) answer (laughs) who potential potential spam spam. oh hey um but yeah so i liked this i'm excited about this one i feel like i have i have like i feel like it's gonna be a good one i feel like eileen is the reason why we did this i am Mm-hmm. Because of your something you Story. read or Story. Okay. yes. Do you want to start? Sure. Okay. And then I have an honorable mention at the end. Okay, that's right. That I'll just leave it as a cliffhanger. <clears throat> Let me get Ooh. my <clears throat> my clipboard handy. Um, <laughs> with this, with the. <laughs> Let me get my. She's sniffing out your lives. <laughs> <laughs> um. Sharon Loptka, which I'm probably saying that wrong, but whatever, um, was born September 20th, 1961 to Orthodox Jewish parents. Being the oldest of four daughters, she was a normal, well-rounded child. She participated in extracurriculars, playing sports, and singing in the school's choir. After graduating, she met Victor, a construction worker, and they were married in 1991. Sharon then moved to Hampstead, Maryland with him, even though her parents did not approve. They just did not want, they wanted her to stay like within the Orthodox, Orthodox Jewish faith. And he mm. wasn't, he was a Christian. Okay. So that was the just nerve. automatic. Like, I know. Um, for work, Sharon started online marketing. She ran websites for psychic readings, advertisements, and porn. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay. But not yeah, just any porn. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Caught me off guard. <laughs> just wait. Oh, shit. Just wait. Oh, my God. Um, not just any porn. The content had women unconscious from being drugged, hypnotized, or chloroformed, engaging in sex acts with each other. Wait, 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 wait. 
This was acting or this was real? This was real. Did they consent like, to being like, knocked out? What? That I don't know. She just advertised so for questions. it. Oh my God. Sharon also sold her underwear. Mm. Okay. Oh, she was bathwater. She was gamer, gamer girl bathwater before it was cool. Oh, is that yeah. what that is? Um, she wrote in an ad. Is there anyone out here interested in buying my worn panties? Mm. And there was a market for that. Of course. Um, you, don't, you, don't, you don't know what gamer girl bathwater is? You heard of that? No, but the kid was talking about something about bathwater and... I yeah, this gamer Twitch chick was like selling oh, yes, bath water that she had sat in. But somebody bought some and did like a scientific test and proved that there was actually no like human anything in the water. So she it was all fake. Oh well. Mm-hmm. She was just selling you water. Shouldn't have fucking bought it to begin with. Exactly. Losers. Creeps. Um, Sharon had many aliases she would use in different pornographic chat rooms. Rooms such as fetishfeet.com and <laughs> sexbondage.com. See if they're still running. I was like, <laughs> that like part of me wants to see if they're still there. We're going to find out she right now. She chatted with people that were into necrophilia, bondage, and sadomasochism. Whoa, this back is to not episode gonna two. Sharon was a closet freak. Like, if you, there's pictures of her. If you look at her, she just looks like a regular lady like a suburbanite white lady with you know okay. white so picket fence and a dog with and some nice things in her closet oh yes wait what was the other one the bondage one sexbondage.com Sexbondage excuse me bless you bless you you the can edit that one out didn't work <clears throat> yeah. sexbondage.com is still up <laughs> but warning adults only you must be 18 to enter so click this box if you are 18 oh that'll stop everybody <laughs> Janine you're not 18 you're not 18 Janine um okay so one of Sharon's alter egos was described as a 300 pound dominatrix she expressed her sexual desire to be tortured to death when confronted by a sex, right, sex rights worker, Sharon stated, I want the real thing. I did not act. I did not ask for you preaching to me. Okay. So Sharon knew oh. what you wanted. Sharon. Was Sharon 300 pounds? I don't know. I I mean, she was a... Where the fuck's my phone? Oh, there it is. I have so many questions for Sharon. So do I. See this is weird. Well, what imagine, the fuck? <laughs> imagine her parents didn't want to marry, didn't want her to marry this guy because he was Christian. Little did they know. That was the least of their worries. I think maybe she was about 300 pounds. So she could be like 250-ish. She's like the online fucking Heidi Fleiss of goddamn bondage and shit. All right, so... On October 13th, 1996, Sharon told her husband she was going to Georgia to meet friends. She also left a note for him saying she would not be returning home and, quote, if my body is never retrieved, don't worry. Know that I am at peace. Okay. End quote. Sharon then drove to the Amtrak station and took a train to Charlotte, North Carolina. 
Sharon's husband, Victor, called police and an investigation began. While searching her computer, authorities came across correspondence between Sharon and a man named named Bobby Frederick Glass. Glass worked as a computer analyst for the government of Catawba County, North Carolina. He was married with two daughters and one son. Glass's wife, Sherry, had noticed him spending way too much time on the computer, more than usual. Mm. Um, Mm. So she logged onto his email and discovered several raw, violent, and disturbing, disturbing images um, which led to her leaving him. She just separated from him, filed for divorce, didn't mm-hmm. want anything to do with Can him. Can you mm-hmm. imagine finding that on your husband's computer? Oh my god. Um, no. When, oh my god. When Sharon met Glass in one of those chat rooms, she described her desire for him to torture her. His response that he was that he would fulfill her fantasy. Police recovered over 900 pages of messages between the two where they discussed her fetish where they discussed her fetish of being tortured to death. Oh, no. What was the time frame? Do we have that information? Between what? Between the message, like, the message time frame. 900 pages just seems like a lot, lot. and I'm just curious. Like, it might not be a lot if it's, like, But it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's a lot of messages. 900 pages. This was before... Like, this is, like, before instant messaging was what it is now. So, it's, like, 900 so, emails, probably. Yeah. Um. Now, how many, how many, between, let's say, me and Janine every day, how many messages is that, text messages back and forth? Yeah. I mean, 900 pages? Yeah, I guess. It just seems excessive. It just seems, like, a lot. Wow. Good for them. <laughs> open communication is the key to any <laughs> so, so I honestly think it, it's about um six months mm, that seems, seems like a lot because it's pages I mean, it's not like you know messages she's, you guys have to take into consideration she's delving deep into those fucking fantasies so she has to get real descriptive yeah it's about sure. yeah about six seven months alright so um once arriving in North Carolina Sharon met with Glass when he took her to his mobile home in rural North Carolina. Hot. Authorities stated, uh, sorry, staked out Glass's home for days in the hopes of finding Sharon, but they were just a little bit too late. A warrant was issued and they searched his home, finding drug paraphernalia, bondage equipment, child pornography magazines, and a pistol, and several computer discs. While searching the backyard, an officer noticed a mound of soil that was about two feet high um, and thought it looked a little little off yeah Uh uh-huh um after digging through it body parts were found um about another two feet deep so four feet total from the mound to the where the Mm -hmm. body parts were found Mm -hmm. um and they one of the um there was like a statement saying like his property was so big that if the body was buried anywhere else on the property they probably never would have found it but because he like buried it right there I mean, um, like, thank God they found her, but, I mean, 
on yeah <laughs> just thinking, come on dude. if you're yeah. trying to get away with murder maybe like just go out a few extra yards uh-huh. Um, Glass was arrested and admitted to fulfilling Sharon's torture fantasy, but claimed her death was accidental. As he stated, I don't know how much I pulled the rope. I never wanted to kill her, but she ended up dead. This was actually corroborated by the medical examiner, who declared her death accidental strangling. Oh, shit. So it wasn't, like, on purpose. It just, it happened the way it did. However, authorities use the email correspondence to describe the death as intentional. Uh, and this is the first case that they ever used email to, um, to, I forget the word they used, but, like, prosecute? to catch the, the murderer. Yeah. It's the first time that they ever used was put in custody by the police department mainly due to evidence from emails. Well, okay. I mean, that's basically like a fingerprint because that has your IP address and unless any, unless they can prove that somebody else could possibly use that computer or like the yeah. email or whatever, then mm -hmm. it's basically But even then, you. like, as accident, like, even though it was ruled an accident, they made it intentional, the police. Because of what was said in the email. Because of what yeah. was said in the email. Yeah. And, and then they also called it um, voluntary homicide, like, or something like that. But, like, kind of suicide, kind of not. Right, because like she, she was, like, entering willingly into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, Glass pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter and sexual exploitation and was sentenced to 36 to 53 months, plus a 27-month, plus 27 months for federal charges of second degree minor exploitation to be served consecutively at Avery Mitchell Correctional Institution. That doesn't seem like um, on mm -mm. It, it doesn't. On February 20th, 2002, Glass was found dead in his cell of a heart attack one oh. month before he was to finish his state sentence and begin his federal sentence. Oh, oh my god. god. Like, <laughs> he either killed himself or somebody killed him. Holy shit. No, he shit. just had a heart attack. Yep. Oh, wow. And that's my story. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck, right? What the actual fuck? What the fuck? So I got fuck? this story because um, I was, I, I follow Mr. Horror on, um, on Instagram. Uh -huh. And he posted like this little like snippet and it was like a picture. The picture that I sent you, it was mm -hmm. that picture. And then under it, it said, you know. Sharon, whatever. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, right here. It says, so the one that Mr. Horror posted, it's the same picture of her, but it's a different picture of him. And it says, Sharon Lapodka was a woman who arranged her own sexual torture and murder. Um, she spent several weeks searching through the internet for the right man. Finally, a man agreed to treat her in such a special but gruesome way by torturing her sexually and then killing her by strangulation. The man was Robert Frederick Glass, nicknamed Slowhand, who met with Sharon in a BDSM-related <laughs> chat room. She left a short note to her loved ones, and my body has never retrieved. Don't worry now that I'm at peace. Hmm. So, yeah, and then they put Mr. Horace's caption is, because she's a super freak. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, but yes. Slow hand. Why? <sighs> so many questions. Yep. Like, how... <laughs> <laughs> like how do you get 
how do you get to the point where that like you know number one that's gonna get you off number mm-hmm. two that's how you want to die number mm-hmm. three you know what i know i'm gonna find somebody that's gonna do this for me like and to me and also they're gonna enjoy it like then there's something wrong with him i just i, I god damn it eileen so there's a movie called <gasps> downloading nancy that's loosely based based on this yeah like a real movie or like a bootleg a movie movie with it was 2008 with maria bello and jason patrick Ooh, okay Mm-hmm. holy shit so holy shit give it oh and kyle so the last <laughs> yes episode what was the last episode we did uh the, the one we no, technically no. or no the one like that, that was we released. put out um, um yeah. stockholm syndrome yeah stockholm, stockholm syndrome okay so you remember the lady i did my non natasha campish whatever <laughs> so that night we were watching on reels tv there was like um a whole bunch of really good autopsy things so the first one we were watching was I forget what autopsy it was, but then the next one was China from World Wrestling. Yeah. And then after that, they did a two-hour series on the Turpin family. Okay. The Turpin 13. <gasps> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I was waiting for it to click. I forgot about that, too. Um, so, we were watching sure. that, and I was looking it up because it was, it was like... Um, I forget what the series was called, but it's like the fr- the family speaks or the friends speak, and it's yeah. like telling them the sisters and um, the the wife, the mother Turpin, her sisters were talking about like how they grew up and everything okay. that happened, and then when all this stuff happened. So I like looked it up, and it just so happened that when I was looking up the Turpin story on Wikipedia, it went down and the subject of my Stockholm Syndrome episode, Natasha Campish, actually, like, put out a statement about the fam- the kids in the family. Saying that basically, like, they either need to oh, put it behind yes. them mm-hmm. or... Hold on, let me find it. It's basically Whoa. saying, like, they need to either um, put it behind them or forgive them. Either way, they need to do something for their sanity. Like, for their own... Oh, that's crazy that they, like, spoke on it. Yeah, yeah, because we were watching it. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's a little wild," but it kind of does make sense, especially coming from somebody that gone through something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Natasha Campish, an Austrian woman who was kidnapped and locked in a cellar for eight years, has said that thirteen Turpin children must be allowed to see the parents who kept them captive. And that the children who have not been named will need to find a way to either forgive David and Luis or leave them behind because it will help them begin a process where they can cope with the whole situation and get more stable. So I had looked it up and I remember, and I saw the name. I was like, fuck, like after we're already done, mm-hmm. she becomes relevant into all of it. It was just like, wow. I know, like perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little weird. Huh. That That's was crazy. a crazy fucking special, though. Number one, we thought it was only one oh, hour, yeah. and it was two. <laughs> but <laughs> they really went in on, like, the history of the parents and how it kind of, like, escalated, like, being... I didn't get to see the end of it, so I'm hoping I can find it on, like, 
the Hulu or something, but mm-hmm. it's like it was fucking crazy. Just the uh, Louise's childhood, mm-hmm. the mom, and then like just the shit they did to the kids and yeah. how like the neighbors went in the house and saw a bunch of cages and they thought it was for the animals and that like on the there was bunk beds and on the bunk beds there were um, restraints like ropes and restraints. Dude is freaking crazy. Yeah, that, that was a wild insane. story. No, yeah, That's okay. Cool. I'm done. Next. Shit. <laughs> she always fucks us up with these stories and then, okay, that's all. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. What? <laughs> Do you want to go next, Neen? Um, yeah, because mine is really short. Um, let me find okay. it. So, there are a lot of, like, weird kind of... Oh, so I was kind of like looking for like a wild story that wasn't going to give me a headache to like put together, but <laughs> I couldn't really like find anything. And then I was talking to Frank. I'm like, do you know of any like weird, like what the fuck stories for this episode? And he's like, yes, I tell you all the time. And I'm like, no, 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 like true crime. And he's like, oh no, not really. <laughs> but he definitely do always talk about like weird shit. Uh-huh. Um, but so Netflix just came out with the documentary series called the uh, Tiger. I keep wanting to say Lion King, the Tiger King. <laughs> and it's um, the story about this guy in Oklahoma. His name is Joe Exotic, and he's like one of the largest owners of tiger. Has one of the largest collections of like tigers or whatever. All these kinds of animals, but mostly tigers. That is a wild fucking ride. Like if <laughs> if you're listening to this and you have not watched the Tiger King please watch it it is insane every episode is a cliffhanger every episode is more fucking crazy than the previous one it is weird like it's perfect for this episode but i'm not gonna go into it but if you haven't (laughs) watched it please fucking watch it it's so good and then let me know what you watch it now um so my boyfriend had told me about this like a while ago um and it, it's kind of a crazy story. It's a little paranormal, a little murdery, um, but it's short because it's a long time ago and it's in the UK. So don't kill me, Kyle. Uh, and it's not a woman. So I'm very, I'm very oh out of sorts right now. Oh my God. How um, dare but you? This is the story of the chair of death or Busby's stoop, whichever mm-hmm. way you want to look at it. Okay. Um, in 1702, convicted murderer Thomas Busby was on his way to the gallows in Thirsk, Thirsk, England, when he desired a drink of ale at his favorite pub in his favorite chair as his last request. That was like the last thing he wanted to do. Okay. Uh, when he finished, he said, quote, may sudden death come to anyone who dares sit in my chair, end quote. The chair of death was his was the favorite chair of a striper named Thomas Busby, who was convicted in 19 in 1702 for the murder of his father-in-law, Daniel Oddie, whom he supposedly strangled for sitting in his favorite chair. But there was kind of like they already didn't like each other. And that was just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. Um, This argument was said to have been about Elizabeth, who's Thomas's wife, and um, Audie's unfavorable opinions about his daughter's choice of partner. He just thought he was a loser, and he didn't want his daughter to be with him anymore, blah, blah, blah. Typical fucking father-in-law shit, I'm sure. 
Um, on his way to the gallows, like I said, he stopped at a pub to put a curse on his chair, claiming that anyone who sat in it would be haunted and soon die. It remained in the, in the pub Jesus. for centuries, and people, of course, were dared to sit in it. So it was kind of like a novelty, like, hey, just sit in it, see what happens. Well, people started to fucking <laughs> no. die. During World War II, airmen from a nearby base made the pub a hot spot and the chair naturally became a quote-unquote hot seat. Then people began noticing that the ones who sat in the chair would never come back from war. So when I read this, I'm like, because they're at war and they're dying? Um, but it was like weird shit was happening. In 1967, uh -huh. two Royal Air Force pilots sat in it and while driving back, they crashed into a tree and died. A few years later, two bricklayers decided to try it, and that afternoon, the one who sat in the chair fell to his death. The cursed chair has apparently killed every person who sat in it, no matter what. Either an hour later, or like a few days or weeks later, something happens to them. Some instances included a roof who sat in the, who sat in the chair and died after the roof he was working on collapsed, and a cleaning lady stumbled into the chair on accident and was later killed by a brain tumor. Uh -huh. Eventually, the pub owner moved it into the basement, hoping that nobody would sit in it. However, one day, a delivery man, of course, was in the basement and sat in the fucking chair. An hour later, he crashed his truck and died. After that death, the landlord asked the local museum to take it. To ensure nobody sat in it again, they hung it. They hung the chair five feet from the ground. So literally, I'll like post a photo. The chair is like nailed to the wall or like hung up high and it's like why the fuck is the chair there um but it's because so no people, one fucking sits in it yeah, yeah it's because people kept fucking sitting in it um although people are now safe from sitting in the chair news stories still come out about the chair's power one local was told about a driver who had picked up an airman and the airman asked to go to the restroom so they stopped at the busby stoop inn which is where the chair is while waiting the driver sat in the chair and when the airman didn't return the driver left without him the angered airman had to make his w his own way back to the base and when he got back the airman grabbed a building brick and smashed the head of the driver killing him it seemed that because the museum had made it nearly impossible for anybody to sit in it its killing days were over the museum is still open and functioning with the chair in place as of uh december 2014 um let's see let's see it said that for some time prior to death um the person who sat in the chair or like touched it or just came in contact with it um experienced haunting occurrences including extreme itching paranoia hearing things confusion items being moved and written written warnings on mirrors and walls mm -hmm. about the person's imminent death in addition to many other strange happenings. To this day, the chair is mounted up high on the wall of the Thirsk Museum and no one has been allowed to sit in it no matter how much they offer to, for the thrill. So people mm -hmm. have literally been offering money to still fucking experience this bullshit. That's scary. Um, let's see... However, all of this may turn out to be a little dubious. A test of the chair revealed it is not even close to being as old as it says it is. So there's a little like, um, uh, fuck, what's the word? Like when you almost don't believe skepticism skepticism. Yeah. There's a little skepticism about the chair um, because somebody like 
somehow did a test of the I don't fucking know but they're saying that it's not as old as the history says it is it's like the Dead Sea Scrolls yeah but like people keep fucking dying and this guy basically regardless of whether it's old as old it's still haunted af and yeah, killing people it's still haunted. <laughs> this guy who cares on it and so all those people have literally been documented as dying after sitting in the chair coming in contact with it somehow like that maid the cleaning lady nope. bumped into it on nope. accident while she was mopping she fucking died and that's the story of the chair of death See, yeah. and I, I love, um, like antique shopping and stuff like that. And I love mm-hmm. like antique furniture and restoring yep. it, but that is one of the things that I am so afraid of Me too. is that I'm going to bring something into my damn house mm-hmm. that. And then once no you get now. rid of it, like it's it still passes on like it doesn't go sometimes away type yeah of thing, you know sometimes it's stuck to the sometimes you're lucky and it stays stuck to the piece and then other times yep oh my god i used to watch all the paranormal shit mm-hmm. all of it there, th- this reminded me of i forgot what it is oh my god it was the Pens- pennsylvania state research something or other they had oh my god Paranormal State. That's what it's called. Oh, I love that show. Paranormal State. Because it was the stu- it was started by students at like Pennsylvania State. And they started looking into paranormal experiences from uh, and helping people. And there was this one episode where um, there was a haunted piano. And nobody died, but it was like similar stuff to that where Ooh. no matter what house it went to, like shit was bad like flies would follow it like a bunch of different stuff and so they ended up having to break it and bury it like bury it all around so, so it like can it would stay in the soil and stay fucking haunted mm-hmm. excuse me no like so, i don't know there was some type of ritual that was done i don't remember exactly but that's what it reminds me of when like thing items man can be so they just stay with you. This afternoon light, though. Look at, look at I know. Um, crazy. Yeah. I remember he told me that story chair. a while ago, but then, like, he kind of reminded me. He's like, oh, you can do that chair. It's kind of, like, murdery. The guy killed the mm-hmm. father-in-law, and then the chair killed of all these other people. I'm like, this is why I keep you around, my dude. <laughs> 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 this shit like this. <laughs> that's good murder yeah. chair that's mm-hmm. that's a huge what the fuck i know mm-hmm. that was good okay let me pull let me pull mine up in pepperell massachusetts in the fall of 1986 a young 15 year old named annie andrews was a normal teenager a 16-year-old boy named Danny LaPlante got her phone number from a friend. Annie they and Danny? Stru- yes. <laughs> Cute, right? Um, they struck up a flirtatious phone relationship, and they talked almost every day. Mm-hmm. Danny and Annie <laughs> decided to finally meet in person. Don't do when it. She an- when she answers the door for the date, Danny is not exactly who he is. 
explained that he was like he didn't look ex- like catfish. I know what this is. You know what this is? I think so. <laughs> okay. He did. I mean, and I mean, I watched like a recreation, and they didn't. He and I've seen pictures. And he did. He's not like ugly by any means, but I think he described himself as like. Like a spur posse jock. There we yeah. go. I can ex- describe it like that. Like just that yeah. like. And so that's who she was expecting. And it wasn't like that at all. Um, so she went on the date anyways. Um, but then he like started to kind of act weird on the date. Specifically one of the. Um, one of the things that he said was. Um, like her mom had recently died of cancer. And so. So she was talking about like, Oh, like, you know, sometimes I like try and talk to her. And like, he said like, Oh, does she like talk back? And it's like, Mm, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, um, she decided she didn't question. (laughs) Very insensitive. Um, (laughs) so she decided that she didn't want to see him again. And that was kind of like the end of that. Or so she thought, Mm -hmm. um, Annie and her sister, Jessie, were distraught over the loss of their mother, so they decided to do a seance to connect with her. Um, after they did this, like, seance, they would hear, like, knocking and footsteps and, like, different things around the house, like, very creepy. It creeped them out. And originally, they thought that it was their mother or some type of spirit trying to contact them. Yes. You remember now? Yes. Oh! <laughs> The things would happen only when the girls were home, not when their father was home and their father worked a lot. Um, And things would, so like around the house, they would notice that things would like shift location, like not in front of them, but like something will be in one place. They'd leave the room and they'd come back and it would be like in a totally different spot or a light that would be off when they left one room. Like when they came back, it was like all of a sudden on like nothing like that happened in front of their face, but like that kind of stuff, the doorbell would ring, they would go and no one would. Yeah. So, um, they told their dad, but he did not believe them. Um, one day they went into the basement after hearing tapping and they found a note written on the wall um, which turned out to be ketchup, but it was like red. Um, oh God! And it said, "I am in your room. Come find me." Nope. So they freaked out. The dad called the cops. Um, once he got home, the cops searched the house, and they didn't find anything. They didn't find anything weird except for that. Like that was like the only thing. And so they blamed the girls. They said that they were looking for attention and that they wrote it and like all this different stuff. Big mistakes. Huge. (laughs) So a few weeks after seeing the message, the sounds start again. And then one night they find another note written on a mirror in ketchup that says, I'm back. Find me. No. Um, then they go downstairs and they find a, a, in the wall a photo of Annie with a knife in it. Um, so needless to say, they freaked the fuck out. Um, they went to the neighbor and the neighbor stayed with them until their dad got home. And the neighbor was like, dude, like, I don't know what's going on, but they are legit freaked out. Like, this is not like whatever's happening 
they believe it's it. It's legit, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, they believe it. And um, so the dad goes in the house to search the place. And when he first walks in the house, he notices that all the TVs were like blaring white noise. So it was just like white noise when you walk into the house. He then notices two glasses on the kitchen counter filled with champagne. Okay. So he turns off the TV downstairs and then he hears that the TV upstairs in um, Annie's room was also blaring white noise. So he goes upstairs and when he open, he starts to open the door and on the window of his daughter's room, he sees marry me written in ketchup and as he continues to open the door he sees someone standing in his daughter's room wearing his late wife's wedding dress and a wig the fuck dude this person then proceeds to turn around and it is a boy who has basically like war paint on his face so he had like black paint up by his eyes and white paint down by his mouth and then like red smeared like lipstick on his lips homeboy lost it (laughs) and he's holding a hatchet (laughs) so let's just get that visual in our head real fast normal wedding dress wedding dress blonde wig war paint hatchet okay Okay. Sounds like a nice Friday night. If my boyfriend <laughs> doesn't propose to me that way, I will leave him. <laughs> um, so the bar pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> they all ran away from the house and called the cops. Like they just left him in there. Like they were like, "Fuck this!" Dad ran out. They all ran out. Called the cops. So the cops came, and when searching the house, the boy seemed to be gone. Until one of the cops noticed a small door behind a bookcase. And like you could, you know how when you could tell there's a light on Mm -hmm. behind a door. So around and then he noticed that the door was kind of cracked. So he like quickly moved the bookcase, told him to come out with his hands up. He comes out, doesn't have the wedding dress on anymore. (laughs) Just the war paint on his face. Thank God. Um. So they apprehend him, and as they're taking him out of the house, Annie recognize him, recognizes him as Danny LaPlante, Good the Lord boy Danny. she went on a date with. Danny LaPlante was living in this crawl space and in the walls of the house for months. Months? Months. I don't know why I thought it was just like Because their date weeks. was in the fall, so either... Um, I think it was closer to, like, October, but, like, um, um, September, October, November is fall, right? And then all of this happened in late December. So, if it happened in October, then he was there all of November, all of December. Seemingly only eating ketchup. Jesus Christ. (laughs) No, he had, like, there were, like, wrappers and bottles and stuff. Like, there was stuff everywhere in the walls of the house. Oh, my God. So, um... In a further search of the house, they moved the dryer in the basement and found a big hole, which is how he would get into the walls of the house. And that's how he would like. So he would be in the walls and like tapping on the wall 
And so that's what the girls would hear. Yeah. But they couldn't see anybody. Because he was literally in the wall. <laughs> what a fucking creep. Who does that? I don't know. Um, so, and then nothing would happen when the dad was home because he could see when the dad would leave through looking through the vent in the stairs. Ew. So he'd be like, oh, dad's gone. Time to have fun. <laughs> That's creepy. Um, these Dan- girls fall in love with me. <laughs> right? <sighs> Danny, Danny LaPlante was held in a juvenile detention facility until October 1987 when they determined that he would be tried as, as an adult for his crimes. Thank God. Um, after that, he was bailed out by his mom to await trial. Oh, God. Not long after Danny was released, police found a pregnant woman named Priscilla Gust- Gustafson shot to death and naked in her bed with her two young children, Abigail, age seven, and William, age five, drowned in the next room. Uh. The police, as they're looking at the crime scene, notice a drink on the counter just like the glasses of champagne in the Andrews home and similar markings in blood on the wall that reminded them of the notes in ketchup. Danny LaPlante just so happened to live almost directly behind this house. Good Lord. Like there, it, um, there was like woods in between them, but there was no other house in between them. Yeah. So, um, they decided to do a drop in, you know, just in case, um, so when they get there his mother called danny to the door and danny just starts booking it into the woods always a great sign that they didn't do it yes um so he books it into the woods they don't catch him two days go by and there's no sign of him so the whole town is like terrified um and police were searching everywhere and then finally a witness reported a possible sighting in a nearby lumber yard Um, When police go to check it out, they find him in a small shed. When he came out of the shed with his hands up, he says, don't shoot, and then just starts cracking up. What the fuck? The entire time he was being arrested, he was hysterically laughing. Was it like an episode of Punked or something? (laughs) I don't know. LaPlante was found guilty of the murders and sentenced to life in prison without parole. The Andrews family moved to New Hampshire after their whole ordeal. In 2017, Danny LaPlante had a resentencing hearing after a high court ruling outlawed life in prison without parole for juveniles. Even though he was tried for an adult, they considered this equivalent because he he still was only 17. Well, um, it gave permission to juveniles convicted of murder with extreme cruelty and atrocity to ask for parole after they've been behind bars for a minimum of 30 years. The judge, however, gave LaPlante the maximum penalty of 45 years after a forensic psychiatrist evaluated LaPlante and found that he was not remorseful for his crimes. In 2019, LaPlante petitioned the high court for early parole eligibility standing. What? (laughs) Petitioned the high court for early parole eligibility stating 
His sentence conflicts with court rulings in the last several years that say juveniles convicted of murder should be given a meaningful opportunity to re-engage with society. Oh, fuck off, Danny. They let you and then you went and fucking killed four people. (laughs) The judge ruled that he would not be eligible for early parole. Um, Justice David Lowry wrote the court decision saying Daniel LaPlante sent... Daniel LaPlante's sentence fits the crimes he committed in 1987 at the age of 17. 100%. So that's Daniel LaPlante. Oh my God, I forgot man about of, that fucking story. Man in the walls. I've never heard that story. Really? Really. Oh my God, last time uh, you had the girl in the box and now you have the boy in the wall. Right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a trend. Eileen, have you never heard this story? It's crazy. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, someone living in your walls for months? That is, like, my... One of my biggest fears. I mean, the houses that (laughs) I live in, there is maybe about a foot, if that, of insulation between my wall and the outside of the house... The attic, there's only one way in, one way out. And it's through the hallway that you need a ladder to get through. It's not even one of those that, like, you pull down the thing. Like, you have to put the ladder to get up yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no crawl space. So, I have literally nothing to worry about. Oh. But at my nice. grandma's house, there's a full crawl space underneath. There's an apartment in the top floor, but that's my uncle's, but still... And it's like an old as fuck house and it's huge. So that place always gave me the creeps. He's it's like a so really shitty Harry things. Potter. Cause I just yeah. realized that the that the cross base was like was under the stairs. He's just a really shitty Harry Potter. But imagine like finding a photo of yourself with a knife through it. And then, like, you did a seance for your mom, but it's like, did I call somebody else? Like, did I do, you know what I'm saying? Well, and I think once, like, once, like, physical stuff started happening, like, once the note happened, they realized, like, this was probably not a ghost. Yeah, something else. Ghosts can write. I mean, not in ketchup. Are you sure? I get it out of the fridge. I don't know. Um... So I got a lot of my, there is an investigation discovery, um, your worst nightmare episode. And that's what I got a lot of my information from. Um, It's season two, episode one. So you got to go back. But if you have um, access to a cable provider, there is like an ID app on Apple TV and on a bunch of different stuff. So you can watch it on there. It's real good. It's, what's it called? Bump in the night is the name of the episode. No. Yeah. Dude, and the actor, like, it's just so creepy seeing him, like, with the wedding dress and the hatchet and the (laughs) So, I don't know if, I don't know if this part's real, but obviously, like, it's a reenactment of what happened. (laughs) Like, he's, like, slowly walking down the stairs with the, with the hatchet in the wedding dress with the war paint. And that is so strange. It's good TV. That's gonna be my Halloween costume this year. <laughs> You're gonna oh be Danny LaPlante. Should. Uh, yeah. The fucking wedding dress. 
a white, oh a blonde God. wig, war paint, God. white, black, red, and a hatchet. Oh, oh, people ask you. They'll probably think that you're the chick from the haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, no, I'm Danny LaPlante, oh. you idiot. I know, right? God, I'll, you I'll do like a mustache swine. and put a bulge for a wiener. There you oh. go. Well, it's a wedding dress, so you can. It's an '80s wedding dress, so you can't really see a wiener. Oh yeah, that's true. If it's big enough, you can. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. Hey. Uh, <laughs> doubt it. Oh my god. <sighs> And then I what the fuck everybody fucking <laughs> was laughing at the end yeah that is psychotic Ugh. oh god these yeah, stories that's... man right and these aren't even the weirdest ones I mean Eileen's no. is pretty fucking weird but like to think I mean that to be fair we've covered a lot of weird ones <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true I feel like everything is a what the fuck this mm-hmm. is just like special a little extra a little yeah. extra sprinkled in there well at least eileen's wow. never heard that story then that maybe other people haven't either yeah probably i hope not i mean i i i've it, i recall it but i don't like recall like the specifics and stuff so and i don't know if it's the same thing that you watched but i do remember seeing some like reenactment of the story Mm-hmm. obviously very terrible job but um i don't know if it was the same one i mean it's Maybe. just one of those that's like so extra yeah but you know what sometimes you need a little extra in your life yeah because the story obviously isn't enough <laughs> it's not captivating <laughs> enough because the wedding dress and the hatchet and the war paint yeah. just wouldn't have done it for me <laughs> i needed the slow walk down the yeah. stairs that's where you they really get you <laughs> Well, what the fuck, guys? I know. I don't know. That's all I have to say, really. If you guys have any, um, like, just off the top of your head, like, crazy stories that you think we'd enjoy, leave it in the comments on the Instagram post for this episode. Mm-hmm. Oops, my bad. So, I want my uh, honorable Oh, yeah, your mention. honorable mention. <gasps> so, my honorable mention is literally... Have you guys heard of the movie The Orphan? Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you know what it's about? No. Yes. What is it? It's the little girl in the orphanage and she ends up being like this old lady. Not old lady, but she's like an older woman and she tries to she doesn't she have like a choker and she tries to like hide her age or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So literally that fucking story. But in is real it life. real? It is now. Okay. So <laughs> She's making it real. This, is, right now. this just happened That's why recently. We keep you around. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> there happened, it is. this happened at the end of last year. So, um, oh shit! This is just an article that I'm gonna read, but it says Natalia Grace Barnett has denied claims by her former adoptive parents that she is a fully grown woman close to 30 years old. What? Um, she says I'm 16. I was just six years old when I came to the United States. I know that a family came and visited me, and after a while, they adopted me. Um, she has a form of dwarfism, but when she was adopted um, by Christine and Michael Barnett in 2010, um, they were led to believe she was six years old, and she has dwarfism, so obviously, like, the proportions are off. Mm-hmm. Um, but they doubted her age, believed her to be closer to 20 at the time. Wait. They found... Wait, wait, wait. 
<laughs> they adopt. They said she was six, but they thought that she was twenty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they adopted her, and then after they adopted her, shit started going south that led them to believe this. So, mm-hmm. um, they said, hold on. Um, Christine Barnett told uh, a news outlet that Natalia threatened to stab her family in her sleep, what? tried to poison her coffee, and tried to push her onto an electric fence. Natalia ah. denies all claims tr- of trying to harm or kill the Barnetts or their children. She told Dr. Phil that poison claims were a misunderstanding while cleaning with Christine. Okay. Denies plans to stab them and says she would have only have entered their bedroom at night if she had a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, she... I'm trying to see. She was um, first adopted like way back in the day by a family who... Fuck, I can't find it. She was um, adopted by a family who basically had her and she was... Their son and her were out in the back doing something and his arm broke. And he told the family, he told the parents she did it on purpose. And she said that they got along really well and they would wrestle a lot and she Mm -hmm. fell on his arm wrong, creating it to break. Okay. Um, Sketchy. uh Uh-huh. So when they, um, when they adopted her, like I said, they thought she was six, but then realized she was closer to 20 at the time because she had pubic hair and menstrual cycles. Oh my God. Uh, Mm-hmm. How did so the adoption she d- agency not fucking like no, realize it's not any like of they this? Come in yeah. the door and then get get adopted right out. Like they would obviously need to. I, I, mean, have I don't fucking no know. idea. Um, that they just became suspicious because of her behavior, maturity. That she just didn't want to play with toys. She wanted to spend time with the older kids. She was acting like a teenager, not like a child. Um. And that the with the pubic hair, she they they were giving her a bath as you would with a freaking child, and they noticed yeah. it. So they're like, mm, "This is this is a little weird." Um, she had adult teeth. She never grew. Um, but even though as a child with dwarfism, like you're still gonna grow yeah. up to a certain point. But no, yeah. she was like fully grown at six years old. What the um, fuck? Well, supposedly six years old. That um. They filed a motion with the Superior Court in Florida to have her birth certificate date changed from 2003 to 1989. Whoa. Um, Is it Kylie? Mm -hmm. Surprise, it's Uh, me. Christine claimed both bone tests proved that Natalia was 14 or older at the time of her adoption and that she confessed to being older than she pretended to be during a long-term stay in a psychiatric unit where she was placed in 2012 by the Barnetts. Um, in 2013, she was discharged from psychiatric care, and they decided they were no longer willing to look after somebody they were, that they believed was an adult. So they got her uh, an apartment in Lafayette, Indiana, and left her there for a year. They stocked her full of food and everything, and they just left her there. Like, you're an adult. You're yeah, you changed your it your, out, dude. Yeah. Um, so. Christina and Michael were divorced in 2014, but earlier in 2019, they were accused of neglect by abandoning a child in 2013, her, and um, 
they were set to go to trial this year. What? So even though even though they re-aged her and legally her age says she's um now 30, they mm-hmm. still they're fighting saying that she's a child and blah blah blah. Supposedly she says she's only 16 years old right now and she like she's she's keeping it that way that she's I'm 16, that's what I am. Um But you're not. <laughs> what? Why are you lying? I don't know. Um, so yeah, so her quote about um, a previous family that had returned her to social services said, she said, one of the boys, me and him were really close, so we wrestled almost, but I landed on his arm wrong, so the mom thought I was trying to break his arm. Um, there's also, she's, okay, so she's supposedly from Ukraine, okay? Supposedly lived in Ukraine until she was six years old. But apparently, Christine said that someone from Ukraine tried speaking to her in Ukrainian, and she had no idea what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Not a clue. Mm-hmm. So, that's where they're at right now. That's my what the fuck, because she was literally asked on the Oprah Winfrey Network if she was a 33-year-old scam artist, and she started crying and said, no, I'm not. But... If you look at her facial features and all that, she looks like a grown fucking woman. Well, I mean, I can see, not that it's right, but I can see why the law would consider that like abandonment of a child because essentially to them, she is still a child. So maybe they should have gone through separate avenues to maybe like get rid of her somehow instead of just dumping her in that apartment. But they got fucking bamboozled dude like what the mm-hmm. fuck are you supposed to do like they tried That's obviously crazy. to set her up as successfully as they could right they got her a place to stay gave her food but like come on can you imagine f- adopting a child and it being a fucking bathing them and having pubic hair no Ugh. Be like, I am sorry. Let me get my receipt. I'm gonna take your ass right back. (laughs) Oh, and the Barnetts, their their son is a prodigy. He's like a physics prodigy, so he's like a a super advanced child for his age. Yeah. So they would know what it's like to have like that type of. They would be able to tell between a super advanced child and a fucking grown ass person trying to be a child. You know. Mhm. But yeah, that's my what the fuck honorable mention. Wow. Damn, I like this episode, through. man. I know. This whole episode is like shit. I can't. I can't do it. Good job, man. Good job, you guys. Proud of us. Proud of you. Oh, and it says that they, when they left her in the apartment, they didn't just, like, leave her. They set her up with their social, other welfare programs, and all of that. So they left her, like... Set up. Set yeah. up for a the grown person that she was. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ungrateful. Yep. Shit. All right, well... I don't even I don't really have words after this episode. Yeah, we that's a that's a lot of things happening. <laughs> There's so many things. Jeez. So many things that pose so many questions. <laughs> uh but that's the point <sighs> of this like what the fuck episode. 
I guess so. Yeah. If you have, like I said, if you have any other weird shit um, that you think we dig, uh, leave it in the comments of this post, please. Because I love please. shit like that. Please, please, please. Yeah. That sounds great. Yep. Um, well, we did wow. it. Another did it. quarantine episode. We're good Woo! for <laughs> six weeks. Yay. Heck yeah. And all um, that's left is what? One episode and you guys? I think so. Yeah. So I essentially only have to do one episode. Mm-hmm. You are Heck almost yeah. done. Where did I write it down? I oh, know I wrote it down. <laughs> I can't. Enter All right. On my girls. clipboard. True crime girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. So we have Kylie put her blood, sweat, and tears into our new... Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Website? What happened to my brain? <laughs> oh my oh god. No. Um, <laughs> yes. Fuck my life. Everything just stopped working. Um, yes, and we have a new platform for orders, which I believe is supposed to be a little better on shipping. Um, I think we mentioned that two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So if you've already mm-hmm. ordered something, order it again. See what the difference is. And then it's a win-win for everybody. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a bunch of shit up there. Um, mm-hmm. The holidays are coming up eventually. We have ornaments, yeah. pillows, fucking tumblers, bag bags. Um the th- things that you put things in and carry over your shoulder. Satchels? Um pencil pouches. Just a bunch of shit, man. Just go buy buy things. We wanna see True Crime Girls logo in the world. It's weird. It's and so super fun. cool. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it now. It's on yeah. Alien's chest. Eileen's she looks <laughs> <laughs> she's like what I, I love recording like this because I don't even have to put a bra on it's fucking fantastic just I let the girls fly on when you're here either but okay <laughs> I have to have a bra when I'm in the company of people true true well don't do that <laughs> <laughs> then it's like real obvious um, they can't see yeah. it we can't. We can. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, your eyes, you perv. But yeah, hope you guys are being <sighs> safe. If we're still quarantined and social distancing, um, just don't be a dick. Stay home. Same. Yeah. Life will go on. I promise. It'll be okay. So, thank you um, for listening. On, yeah, we're on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter's there. Yeah, kind of. So go follow us. Just follow us on all the places. Follow us everywhere. Don't follow us home. No. It's weird. I don't know why we have to tell you guys every fucking time. I know. It's like we have to keep reminding people not to follow us home. It's Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's like people have to keep reminding people to social distance and they're like, no, it's my freedom. I'm going to do it. Saying. Like constantly have people following me home. But take care. Be nice. 
we'll 60 feet away you on the next one don't <laughs> don't forget goodbye <laughs> bye bye